Okay, you got the expensive ass headphones. He's good to go. Say it again, young man. You said you got the expensive ass headphones. He's good to go. Looks like oh, there's man. some leather on that shit. Dude, <laughs> I got I got that wood look. You know, it is like a, a nice set of headphones that this uh, this lady who gives me my colonics. Uh, <laughs> I, I I saw them hanging on her door, and I have a, a pair of wooden headphones that are I bought ages ago when. Radio Shack was closing for like sixty dollars, and yeah. they're real good. So not these; they're real good. And um, uh, a director was like, "Damn, I really like those headphones." And I was like, "I'm gonna get you a pair." Thought I could go online and find them. Shit, them shits was like one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Damn, she's <laughs> got that so, colonic money. <laughs> she so, got that colonic bag. Right, and so I was like, where did you, so I, when I saw, the, my son destroyed them, so I was like, oh, when I shit. saw these, I was like, this is my replacement, and they are a lot more expensive, but they pretty dope, so, that's we all That's what's up, man. All right, yes, checking in, right. season two, episode 12 of the Popscast, welcome everybody, thank you everybody, for tuning welcome, in. Welcome, welcome. Big guest, I'm not going to say biggest guest, and that's not a slight to you, my guy, it's just that we appreciate all of our guests, but we got somebody very special in the house, Romani Malco. Welcome, Yo. sir. Thank, Thank you for coming on. No. And uh, be pulled some strings because I don't know anybody famous like that. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yo, my boy Romani, he's into the show. Thank you for being a supporter from day one because from like oh. episode one on, he was like, yo, Romani, he's like, he's a fan. He's a fan. I was like, that's that's dope to hear. Yeah. You know, someone I, that's not a friend. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I actually, no, I, um, I actually was always like, damn, if I ever go in there, I hope they don't start this episode with what I'm wearing because. <laughs> I, I I ain't fly like that, and I, no, I, I, remember, I, I remember y'all telling the story about how y'all met, and that you were there for your uh, for like something for your kids. Yeah, and, yeah. and you noticed the kicks, and you was like, "Who the hell out here?" <laughs> and white ass torrents, white and Asian ass torrents, rocking shorts or, or roll top tims. Right, and, I, and, and just so you know, maybe I've just lived in Redondo Beach too damn long. <laughs> You had the you had the the thong sandals. <laughs> yes, because I, I will roll up with them Crocs on your ass. <laughs> You're from the Croc cults, no? Am, yeah, man, I know, I That's, know. Yo, that was super ill, and it was funny too. Like like Retro said too. Like when we get, I remember last year, you tweeted something like unexpectedly, and then I was just like, my phone starts going crazy, and I'm like. You know, I'm not, we don't get that kind of attention or that kind of love. And then it was funny because, like, my phone starts going crazy. And I was just like, damn, man, Ron tweeted it. Now it's like a thing, right? And then I, Freddie, my, my, uh, my business partner was just like, yo, you got to retweet it. And I'm like, yo, I don't fucking know how to retweet. <laughs> Watch I don't life. Know how to fucking retweet. I don't know what the fuck that means. Can yeah, I like dude. it on Instagram? Like, that's all, that's all I know how to do. Double tap. I repost. I don't know how to do this. Wow, shit. wow, wow. That's that, so that's now blessings, man. man. We appreciate yeah. it, man. No, no definitely. We... Thank you. Yeah, got I, um, I think that like, you know, it's 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 weird too because you guys are kind of taking the the vulnerable aspect of hip hop and um dissecting that you know and 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 parenting. You're putting them together and then dissecting them. No. Well, honestly, too, like just thinking about like as we can have this, we'll have this in-depth conversation, but thinking about like Tijuana Jackson, right? Like and when you present something like that, um, it looks like something different, right? Like you look like it's going to be coonery or you would 
you would assume that just based off of just the, the character. Yeah. But then when you start to peel the layers back, and this is what our whole intention was, is in hip hop, we don't talk about the dad. Normally the dads aren't there. Like there's always some shit, right? It's always just some, some hood shit, black shit. Like they're not there. They're not around. But for us, we're like, yo, let's highlight the dads, especially too. Like, and it's not just highlighted, but it's dope. And we're proud of it. We love being parents, but we also love fucking ratchet hip hop shit too. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's, and you can, the two can exist. They can be harmonious and that's nothing wrong with that. Well, that, well, 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 that's, well, that's the thing to me that's like a complete, honestly, I feel like it's a complete mirroring of American culture as a whole, where, you know, we have so many issues with so many things, yet and still we find ways to appropriate those things, uh, you know, to our needs. And the same thing goes for, for this in the sense that, like, you know what, I, I love hip hop, right? But I don't want my daughter, you know, kicking it with no dude that's calling her a bitch and shit and telling her to do this shit. Yep. Like, you know, and then what's really fucked up is, and then I hear my, my lady playing WAP. And my daughter. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, what the oh, hell? Shit. <laughs> I'm so okay to listen to the song, but you playing it for my daughter? Like, what the, what? What don't you understand about a choke out? Like, <laughs> but that and so to, to what you said basically is that 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 irony that uh, there's like we're all in this country. I I, I don't want to go too far in because I know I'll offend somebody, but you know there's this okay uh, there's, there's this 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 we are in this country. We are all living, walking, breathing contradictions to an extreme level it's a fact you know? i agree yeah yeah um speaking of daughter you have um a daughter in high school mm -hmm. oh god and, <laughs> and then your son is how old now my son is 10 years old i haven't seen him in a while right and he's yeah um is he autistic or on the spectrum he's autistic autistic yeah. right and, and, it, and um, this, on the spectrum is like this wide range of 100 percent. yeah yeah um so damn so that's so that's like a wide gap and you got some shit that you're juggling on top of, <laughs> well, you came off of night school, a million little things, fucking network TV show, which shout out to you. And uh, Retro was asking me um, off, off the camera. He's just like, I wonder how NBC feels about Tijuana Jackson. Um, <laughs> ABC, ABC. ABC, excuse me. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to offend the, the wrong white big, people. The other I'm sorry. Big network. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me, ABC. Well, we and don't then, talk about it. And the, yeah, so like, how do you juggle all that shit, man? Because you're like, you're nonstop, fam. Like you are a machine. Nah, man. You know what? Thank you. And 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 though it's it's true, I think if I if I were to just lend any business advice to anyone in this world, I am a machine, but not the type of machine that you want to be. And it's because I was doing this independent film, I was very hands on, and so. A lot of this work has been, uh, it's been on me, you know. Um, I do have a team, but um, looking, at, looking at things now, uh, the way that everything worked out, I don't even know what to tell you, honestly, but the way that things worked out is basically this. I, I moved to Puerto Rico. My goal was I have a lateral, my, move, my career is moving laterally. It's not going, the jobs aren't taking me up. 
And my, my, my biggest offers come from network television, which I wasn't interested in doing. Um, my main reason for never wanting to do network television is because there's never any black people in the writer's room. And so, or there rarely are. And so what ends up happening, they hire you uh, and then they end up writing for you as if you're a 55 year old soccer mom. Mm. So you end up playing this very banal character that, and those types of performances and those types of roles, they don't forget more work. They just, if, if, if anything, people just hire you because they know you know how to be nice around white people. Typecasted. But, typecasted, but they, you don't really get, exactly, you don't really get, people don't go, oh, he played this character so well. And so there's the reason that I was very resistant to doing uh, network sure. television. So my thing was, I'm going to go to Puerto Rico and I'm going to go live my life. I don't really have to work. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I'm fine. We own property. We, 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 I'm good. And while I was there, I got some clarity that I didn't have before. And that's how I went about making Tijuana Jackson and all that stuff. Because my goal was to now make the transition to behind the camera. Getting uh, while there, uh, I was messing around, having a great time. Puerto Rico's a great place for that. And uh, I met this lady who had two kids. And, you know, one thing I remember from Jerry Maguire, you can't shop lift a tootie from a baby mama, right? So I'm like, okay. Okay, so let me, let, me be, <laughs> let me be a little bit more serious about this. And long and short of it is we ended up kind of hitting it off and she happened to have two kids. And so um, that was now this added responsibility. But here's the irony of it. That experience made me into something different. Meeting her and being in the presence of these kids, seeing the demands of these kids, it made me into something different. I suddenly felt, uh, uh, I feel like I had started nesting or settling mm -hmm. in where I was no longer distracted. I was no longer like chasing pussy, you know what I mean? No doubt. And, and, and trying to figure out where I fit in. I felt like I had found home. Ironically, she's the one West Indian girl that I met on the island. She, she's, 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 uh, she's, uh, she's uh, Puerto Rican and St. Lucian. Oh, so, so as time goes on and I start getting to meet her family, I'm like, oh shit. Your family talk like my family. <laughs> That's what oh, I mean. they eat like my family. Oh no, they get down like my family. This might not work. And uh, <laughs> 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 right? but but the kids um, coming into the picture, uh, it changed me. I, I I settled down, and they became the primary focus. Now, one of the reasons I also another reason I also moved to Puerto Rico is that in LA. They have this thing where it's like, you know, my, my, a producer might call and say, you know, my poodle just died. And so I want you to come to my poodle, my poodle's funeral. This motherfucker just wants to have a star-studded dog, mm. wait for his dog. And then God he can do something. Or, 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 yo, I want to talk to you about something. You know, let's have lunch at so-and-so. So now I got to get up, walk my dog, feed my dog, clean up, shave, get in my car drive 45 minutes of traffic to get to some places 10 minutes away to sit down at a table to wait in line to sit down at a table to just to have a conversation that could have been had over the phone in 10 minutes yeah i like i like that shit i like a definitive line between business and friendship mm -hmm. business and pleasure and so that was another reason i moved to puerto rico but when these children came into my life oh the, the, that changed everything they were my priority and them being my priority I no longer felt that pressure of 
you know, who I needed to be there for in Hollywood or it didn't matter. I was like, yo, dog, that ain't happening. And here's why it's not happening. But it, it, so that calm really helped me settle in and really become, begin to do what I should have been doing the whole time, which was kind of doubling down and focusing on myself and I'm focusing on my oh. own projects. And, and, and that's really where it began. So yes, I'm juggling a lot, but everything I'm juggling is with the support of my of my team, my family. Like no, that's I, a fact. I, yeah, I've seen you move. Like when when we'd be in the office, man. Like you would bring. I mean, the kids would be there. Your wife would be there. Like everybody's there. Like yeah. and they're running around in the hallways and not running around, but you know what I mean. They're like in the lobby. They're chilling. They're kicking it, and it's just like the family's there. And you'd be like, "Yo, B, I'm gonna take off. I gotta go real quick. I gotta take him to school real quick. I gotta pick something up." And it was just. Yeah everything was around that. So I got a chance to see that firsthand, which is dope. Yeah, man. Um, that this is, it's, that's, that's really who you are, which is dope. Thank you. I feel like I could have ended up in a lot of trouble, especially with everything going on these days. People became quite opportunistic over these last 10, I mean, over these last uh, two, three years. And I, you know, I feel like they saved me from a lot of unnecessary drama, mm. uh, finding this family and, um, and you know we're about to have a child now, so. Oh, congratulations! Oh, shit. Yeah, man. Thank you, thank you. I'm having. I'm. We're four months pregnant, but um, it's a boy. Uh, oh shit! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank so you, you about to have you. three? Oh shit! I know. I know. <laughs> and the age range is crazy. Yeah, that's man. dope, though, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, we're trying to come up with names. We having a little debate right now because I want to name him Ghostface Killer, and she's like, you know, she don't. <laughs> not Raekwon. You get yeah. the chef. No. <laughs> You know, only because, you know, the Puerto Rican Cuban thing, I didn't want to like, you know. Only built for like, Cuban links. Come on, man. So how, when you started filming, did you, were you under contract to tell like ABC when you're doing any other type of work? Like, is that how that works? Or are you just, you were able to just do it to get it off and you're like, fuck it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. My, my obligation to ABC is basically I, I, I work, um, I show up, I do my job for ABC, mm-hmm. and, then, and then everything, uh, then outside, excuse me, outside of our work schedule is on me, but the difference is they, they still have me contractually up to a certain period. Okay. So af- after I finish a season, they've got like, a, like two months to let me know if they're going to pick us up for a second, for another season. And so I can't take any other TV shows, but my contract allows me to take movies, do movies, make movies, et cetera. Okay. And, yeah that's a dope way to work it out and, and and so so to get back around to all of what you were asking me is that you know uh so the 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 reality is is that i was even uh com- i was complete the movie was done before i ever signed up for an abc show oh dope you know we had a what really happened was we had the hurricane mm. and the the hurricane pulled us out of puerto rico yep and so we ended up in Atlanta. And the reason we're in Atlanta, because I was just about to start filming something called Night School. And they had called and asked me for a milder version of Tijuana Jackson. More paranoid version. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They were yeah, like, can get we the get- the fuck out of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, no. <laughs> they're, they're like, we need, we need one unadulterated black man in this movie, but we can't, we can't do TJ. You know what I'm saying? We can't do the TJ shit. And so I ended up being like, okay, give me a second. I didn't take the job right away. I said, let me really think about it. And then once I went and found something, I called my agent and said, I think I got something. So I called my boy, James Lopez, who's the president of Will Packer Productions. 
and started giving him some ideas. And he was like, that shit is funny. I want you to talk to the director. And then I signed on. And, um, it was, up, and the timing was perfect. So we sat there for two, for two months being like, uh, not knowing what the hell we were going to do with our lives, where we was going to live. Because to keep it 100, we didn't want to live in the States. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Understandably, so, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I left the States for this shit, you know? I, I'm like, once you pay your dues, you don't have to. And I'm actually better. I'm more, I'm better. I'm, I'm, I'm able to look at things more objectively with less fueled by anger when I'm outside of it. I've, I've lived in it for 50 years. I know what it's about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's funny, too. My mother-in-law lives in Bayamon still. So we go, oh, out, Bayamon, we go yeah. out there and see her. Um, but, yeah, I agree, man. Like, getting out of this country, even though it's the same country, but you feel like you're escaping and getting the fuck away from it. Here. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's nice. It's nice to walk down the street and people look at you and like literally just have a glint in their eye because they're just happy to see a human. As opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I go to when I was living in Bernardo Beach, I've had I, I took my son to a park full of kids and dogs, and they call the cops on me, bro. Oh, I remember that yeah. day. I remember that YouTube? day. Started, I remember. Bro. I remember seeing that clip and I was like, the cockacity, but it's Redondo Beach, so it's not all that surprising, man. Her, her oh. most to be exact. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That that's where all the that's all the college trap boys go to party too so you already know what it is like you can you can deal with some rowdy shirtless swaggerless frat boys Who's getting drunk? buck in the bar but yep. you can't deal with a a black dad like at the yeah. beach or at, at the, the park with his heart. son like what the fuck is the problem here yo mm-hmm. speaking of night school though like i was told i was tell wifey because we saw it together um a while back it was fucking hilarious but then she's like i have like somebody like that in my family um, and then I was like, yo, you deserve a medal for exposing your true hairline in oh. that movie. And I was like, yo, that's black Jean-Luc Picard right there, man. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> he just got, he just got the side, he just got the horizontal. That's it, man. No vertical at all. No vertical. Uh, <laughs> he said Jean-Luc Picard. You, to- you know what? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. That was one of the things that really inspired me because of everything that was going on, I hadn't had a minute to shave. And I saw that sometimes that's all it takes. When I was doing uh, that movie, um, I was doing a movie called uh, Blades of Glory. They kept asking me to play this role. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm not right for that role. I'm not right for that role. They're like, please, if you come up with something to think about. And I pulled a shirt over my head as I was getting ready to get in the shower, a thing. And it, it stopped in a certain way. And I saw that and I was like, that's the character. Called them and like, I got it. I, I, I could do it. I could do it. I found nice. the character. It's the same thing because we were going through everything. You know, me and my family were separated during the hurricane. We couldn't talk on the phone. I was like, I don't know what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I just wasn't taking care of myself because I was really stressed about getting me and my sure. family connected. Right. And when I saw that, what John Luke Picard you call it? Right <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo. That might be the. It worked. Uh, it worked. <laughs> and we shaved it down some, so oh, okay. not even okay. a little. No, no, I'm bald, but we shaved it down here. Oh, okay. To where, you know He's what I'm saying? Like, to where, yeah, to look like a bald man's bowl, bowl, uh, bowl cut. <laughs> the reverse bowl cut. <laughs> the reverse, the reverse bowl. bowl. <laughs> you know, and um. That's yeah, like some Tijuana reverse bowl cut. That sounds like a, yeah. a move TJ would do. It's so it's so real. Um, <laughs> you know. But 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 yeah, man. I, I, 
honestly speaking, I'm glad you called that out because I really thought that was a big move. And I and and I'd always been saying that I want to be that type of actor that could do what the fuck you wanted and still be, you know, stoke. Yeah, and so and not be typecast, man, because Hollywood yeah. will do that shit. It will. And even, I mean, there's a few people where I'm just like. I'm really happy that at the roles they got and you're one of them. Another one that I think of is like Lamorne Morris when he was in so many fucking commercials. And then when he got that job on new girl, he wasn't just like the token. He was just a guy who happened. So the, I always tell people, it's like, I don't want a black character. I don't want an Asian character. I want a character that happens to be Asian that happens to be black. And I think the first time I really saw it or that it spoke to me was when I actually saw, like I watched Hitch and Hitch could be a dude of any color. You don't, they rarely reference his race or his, his ancestry or anything like that. And for yeah, me, I was yeah. just like, oh shit. So from there, I was like, okay, it's a little deeper than that. I was like, I just want to, just a guy or just a girl or just whoever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, happens yeah. to be a certain, a certain ancestry. And I think that seeing the authenticity come through like in your roles, because even with, I remember the 40 year old version that shit was fucking. I just saw, so I'm going to send you, I'll send, I think I have you, but I'm going to send you a mixtape from a DJ that I know. Um, it's called Side Piece Valentine's. <laughs> and he pulls, he pulls the clip out where you came home drunk with the condom still on. Right. And you woke up, he woke up, he was like, why'd you do it? Because I'm insecure, man. Who could have That fucking lie, that I was dying when i heard that line and then when i when i relived i was like damn and then like there are aspects there are aspects of everyone's personality that makes them that people would assign them to being a certain ancestry but the fact that you're just playing all these different roles and especially on like a million little things granted like i'm not gonna lie i don't like that soft shit so it's like mm -hmm. i know that i knew that you're on the show but on top of that the fact the approach that you take that you're not gonna be typecast you're gonna take whatever the fuck role you want to and the fact that you could you worked it out in your contracts and your work where you're like, I can make independent stuff. And the, the you know, you did T1 and Jackson, you did whole hog. I'm going to tell everyone that right now. Yeah. Start to finish. He's produced, written, edited. Funded. And I was like, Everything. yo, are yeah. you serious? I, one thing I will, I will give you shit for. Cause I was like, I was like, Oh shit. Uh -oh. Rachel Cho. And I was like, all right, that's a bet. She's Korean. And I was like, looked up the actors like, she Chinese, man. Why you do that to my people? No, <laughs> I'm fucking uh, with you. I'm fucking no, no, with you. no. Uh, because, um, and I don't want to. I don't want to tell her story incorrectly. Um, I actually had her name as something else, and mm -hmm. then uh, with her help, we actually came up with Rachel Cho. That's because, awesome. because I think that um, you know uh, she was telling me how like how a lot of people. I don't want to mess up the story, but we basically how she grew up, she grew up in a predominantly white community. Mm -hmm. And so she was the one girl that was always trying to assimilate. Right. And um, I think that either she's consistently mistaken for being Korean or that she might actually have Korean in her family. Okay. And, and so anyway, so with her help, I came up with it. It was very collaborative and I hear you, believe me, I like to get that. No, shit I'm right. fucking with you for sure. No, no. What? One of the things, and a lot of my friends like give me shit because they're well, some of them are just like, "Oh, you're one of the most militant Asians I know." I was like, "I just want representation, man. That's all yeah. it is." And I actually had bumped into. I don't know if you ever watched The Walking Dead, but early on, there's a there's a dude on that show called his name was T Dog. I forgot his actual his government name, but on the show, his name was T Dog. And I actually bumped into him and I asked him, I was like, "Hey, man, like, how do you feel?" Because right before, right when that popped off, before that, he was in the. Um, that Sandra Bullock movie where she, she took that kid under her, uh, she adopted that, that kid who ended up being like a, uh, an NFL star or something like that. Yeah. 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 And he yeah. was like one of the, 
air quotes thugs that was on the that was on there i was like how do you feel about being typecast like that a lot and he just like look man i'll worry about it when there's so many of us that they have no choice but to cast us in different shit he's like right now he's like fine i get it like it's fucked up and people call me out on it and stuff like that he's like but when i'm trying to provide for my family which i can't criticize and then he lended another perspective where it's like until we have enough people representing us not just acting but directing and the writer role and stuff like that we just need to make sure that we're that like it's repetitive where people just get used to seeing us around i was like all right and i took that approach with asians and asian americans i'm just like all right well i'm i'm cool with that and i think there was like a short-lived abc show too where john show was he was smashing uh he was smashing cheeks with gabriel union i was just like yes <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm here for that all day, every day. So, yeah, I'm giving you a hard time Um, for that, but I thought it was dope. No. No, it's like real talk. Like, uh, you know, I have 90% of the jobs that I booked before Think Like a Man were written non-black. They were written for uh, Caucasian or Latino or even even Asian. 90% of the jobs that I booked. I remember being in an audition. And looking around, and I was, every single person there was either Chinese or Korean. And me. You're like, am I in the right audition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they were, I was like, what? That, that's the role. That, that's the Blades of Glory role where I was like, ah, this, ain't, this ain't for me, man. Don't, mm. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And, and um, one of the things that I noticed while I was there was I was like, you could tell, like, <clears throat> Damn, you know, you don't really see all my years in the business. I hadn't really seen, keeping it real, anyone of Asian descent. A whole, I've, I've never sat in a room full of people of Asian descent, you know, being cast wow. for a role. And, that, and, and, and the reason I was sensitive to it is because one of my best friends, Susie Park, and who's ma- who was married to Leo, I'll tell you about Leo, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's the click that I came up with in this industry, you know, mm. and so believe me i you know watching them and observing them and so what i wanted to basically say is that um one of the things that i did for me was i just kind of really turned down all the from the from the very beginning i but a lot of people don't come into the business like i did i came into the business owning a business so i turned down a lot of the stereotypical roles mm-hmm. roles that i thought that were more of a detriment you know so, and um once people i don't have that discipline man no, it's, it is a discipline. It is a discipline. But again, I didn't have kids. I didn't have anyone to feed but me. I was crazy. And mm-hmm. I really, I genuinely didn't give a fuck because I had my own. I, I was running an internet sure. business since 96. That it, that paid me more than, it paid me more than hip hop had ever paid me. Very mm-hmm. early adopter. And I had learned that game. So I, it gives you this confidence that you, you can always make money. For so sure. I was, I was like, I, I, I t- let me tell you where, where, where the misrepresentation really fucked with me though. And it, it actually put a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, which is, so my first agent in Hollywood, we get around to, we work our way up to the point of booking our first, um, we get to the point of booking our first um, uh, Thing where I'm like going to be a series regular and it's an ensemble cast right and we're negotiating our deal and we somehow were able to find out what the other cast members were making and I'm the only black cast member and straight up they were paying me like they were trying to pay me negotiating to pay me 
two thirds of what they were paying anybody else. So solid gold agent, bullshit. My agent comes to me and she's like, you know, she's an Italian lady. She means well. She adored me. And she's like, you know, this is a great opportunity for you. They're going to pay you. How the fuck is this a good opportunity? (laughs) And I I was like, she's like, you get this exposure. You can translate to a lot of different things. I was like, I'm good. She's like, what? They ain't paying me what I need. And so what do you mean? What do you need? This is going to get you paid what you need over time. I'm like, yo. That's called integrity. Yep. (laughs) I said, I come from hip hop. I, I come from hip hop. And I'm sorry to say this. On that side of the table, the likelihood of an of an authentic relationship being established Nil. Is, very, is very slim. Yeah. So I'm not riding on, on relationships. I'm riding on paychecks. And so unless they are willing to meet me fairly, I'm good. So she goes, "Well, you understand. You understand, you know that you know that you don't have a lot of experience as a series regular." I said, "Yeah, I do." I, I was like, "I actually, <laughs> I actually got to this point for a reason." I, I'm not. I'm not asking them to hire me. They're asking if they can. Hi- they're asking to hire yeah, me. I'm not. Asking yeah. I'm not asking them. So obviously, they see something they want. If not, yo, there's other brothers out there that need to break. Mm-hmm. So she took offense to that, but she was like, she thought I was being ungrateful. She gets on the phone with them, and they agree up to come up a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars. And she's like, "You are one lucky mofo." Blah blah That's blah. That's where blah. we walk right? away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lucky. And how, and I was like, oh, oh, no, no, you, no, no. I'm, what, I, I don't think you really got what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not going to accept being paid less than my co-stars. I ain't seen them in shit. And if I, if I, have, yeah. seen, if I have seen them in shit, it don't matter. So um, long and short of it is, man, she hung up the phone on me. In mid-conversation, she, was, she threw a tantrum, hung up the phone on me, and then called me back and was like, maybe called me back like two days later and was like, they agreed to meet you. You know, so I ended up getting paid the same as the other cast members. That's the same. And, and have and, you seen that clip with Oprah when she talked about that? Mm-hmm. I saw it's it. So powerful, man. Like I think it's floating around now more so about how she wasn't getting paid fairly, and she said, uh, "I'm gonna take the chance yeah. on myself. I'm gonna own my own shit, yep. and I'm gonna pay people what they're worth." And then when she mentioned about the women being paid, he's like, "Why do we need to pay them? They're women." And she was like, "Noted." Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, I'm yeah. Take my that's shit how, over here. That's how you feel. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and, and and like it's just a diff, it's difficult to to implement. But uh, you know, I come from hip hop, so I've, I've seen a lot of people get get they blow up, live the lifestyle, and watch it crumble. all diminish, crumble. I'm watching hip hop evolution right now, and it's like this reflection of like, you know, you get to you get a sense of like who was able to sustain some level of wealth from that initial break, whether they went on to buy a bunch of property or make investments that you know. And so I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be one of these dudes. So I always kept my overhead low. When I would bring people over to my bungalow in, in Hollywood, they'd be like, this is your little playhouse or something? I'd be like, no, nah, nigga, I live here. Yeah. <laughs> I live here. This is a one bedroom. I live mm-hmm. right here. You know, and, um, and uh, the, 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 the whole point to that shit was to never have myself in a position where I have to compromise my integrity for the sake of a job, especially in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, it's wild it's honorable, that man. people don't even take the time to think about why it, like your agent didn't even take the time to think about why she's mad at you. She's, she only saw dollar signs, right? And as nice yeah. as she was, she was just like, well, you should be grateful. Grateful why? Because I'm yeah. black and getting a job in Hollywood? Is that why I'm supposed to be thankful? Or thankful but, because I haven't yeah. been seeing anything? And to your point, they haven't been seen in shit either. So yeah. for, like, 
one of the things that my wife is she's great at this she does like a she does some public speaking because she she works in education um technology and um she's actually done some speaking at, at compton unified and she yeah. and she takes questions after she does this, this the her talk and she's like let me ask you something how come you don't ask me how much i get paid and all the girls are like oh like god that's kind of rude you know like she's like from who who says who says it's rude? She's like, well, the girls are just like, well, that's just what we were told. She's like, Mm-mm. don't buy that. That that's part of the that's yeah. part of the game. Yeah. She's like, don't buy that shit. She's like, know your worth yeah. and know where your coworkers get paid and demand nothing less than that. Just because you're a woman, or especially a woman of from color. a creative perspective, too. Right? You're a woman. You're a woman of color. Black women are the most educated uh, demographic in America and the most underpaid, which is fucking ridiculous. And she's carrying that burden but I, like you said she's putting game on people like fuck that because for me like my job like you have to disclose how much you make right yeah, but other yeah. jobs aren't like that they're like well you can get fired for that i was like no nah, they don't they don't they they're trying to hustle you not, yeah yeah i don't know your uh, worth one of my favorite new my favorite youtubers is a girl named kelly stamps uh-huh. this sister is hilarious and she talks about the time that this white girl found out that she was being paid more <laughs> did she get the reaction video please did she get the reaction video man this girl tells stories so graphic you feel like you're watching a reaction video <sighs> kelly stamps. Uh, here i am pumping up youtubers kelly stamps thank you that's what's me, up I, I turn my daughter on her and my daughter thanks me every so many weeks like yo man you know i'm gonna get yeah, my phone check right her out, now man. get that shit up for real yo, yo and, 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 and and you know you get the little thumbnail on there and she said something like, jealousy is a disease. Get well soon. I'm sorry. I That's derailed. But no. But definitely, you know, I think, I, I think that, um, you know, on, on the topic of pay uh, and uh, look, the, the, you know, I think that we are, we are going to be learning about all the ways in which racism affects our you know, so, socioeconomics, our politics, shit, our, 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 our sexual expression, uh, our everything. I think yeah. that it's, it's, it's so much more deeply rooted than we think. And it's actually been accepted as the norm on top of that. Yeah. And I think, I think that we've got, you know, we've got a long way to go to really unravel all the ways in which these dudes have woven this into our the generations. Of, yeah. Generations. Society and for generations. Exactly. And so, um, for me, you know, which might be different from um, uh, what's his dude's name, Theodore Douglas, T Dog. Yeah. yeah. What's his name? Was his name Theodore T-Dog. Douglas? Yeah. I yeah. don't know what his name was. On the walking day. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I respect. I respect. Yeah, but for me, I was able to be like, I'm going to go make this movie. It's a it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, I don't know if I'll ever physically recover from what, what I put myself through to get it done, but. The, 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 the key was that sitting in front of the TV or sitting in front of a screen in that state of state receiving these messages that are actually detrimental to our overall development, our kids and ourselves, and wanting to be someone who could control the narrative and, and feed you something that was closer to reality and maybe even help better prepare you for life. And, um, you know, rather than skipping from A to Z so that I could button it up with a happy ending, I want to. I, I like staying in that place where, where you're actually experiencing the psychological, you know, the psychological uh, transitioning that is necessary for most people when they experience success. In fact, if you were to really go down the line and ask a lot of self-made 
uh, 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 people how men particularly how they got to where they got to a lot of times there's a breakup in the story and that breakup that relationship that breakup that breakup or sometimes it's a breakup with a business partner or a breakup it, it could be a fallout but that breakup usually results in an in introspection that they didn't have prior to and we don't really we don't really uh uh that's a sweet it. spot though that's a sweet yeah. spot and we don't depict it in our yeah. We don't depict it in our entertainment for some reason. And so I'm kind of here to do that. And then I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, want, I wanted to do that in a specific way. I don't know if you noticed this, but all TJ really is is hip hop, mm -hmm. right? His whole talk, yes, is... all, all this slang, I'm using a lot of prison slang, but I'm making up a lot of that prison slang too. You know what I mean? Because it's hip hop. It's like, mm -hmm. you, know, we, you know, TJ say some shit like, man, y'all better do like Metamucil and back this shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, that, that that that's just a dude. You know what I'm saying? Call me yeah, right, the whole come on backs, bro. I'm, yeah. it, it, it's all wordplay. So yeah. I, I was a bars. Yeah, bars. <laughs> bars. What it is? He says it all the time. He, he says all the bars. Like, bars. Copy bars. that. Copy that. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I'm aware that there's a lot of people that are gonna look at this and be like, "This is fucking garbage," because they're not gonna relate. They, Yo, the whole, the whole the whole walk of this thing. A lot of people are not gonna relate, and then a lot of people look to they look to film as an escape yeah. and so this shit it kind of stays mired in something that's uncomfortably familiar and so I, I, I'm, I was prepared for that and um, anyway with that said so that's my approach my approach is one do whatever I can do to control the narrative even if it means starting a crowdfunding campaign putting up some of my own money and getting to a, the point where I am now uh, where I'm like I'm sitting here going oh but hold up this movie is like a, if you look at it from a business perspective with very minimal promotion of, you know, I have a very unique deal with my distribution team. It looks like it might be time for me. This might be that Jay-Z moment, that Jay-Z Damon Dash moment where we go, damn, we kind of got something. Let's quadruple down on this bitch. I'm at, that, I'm at that crossroads right now where I'm starting to realize that the distinguishing factor between whether or not I become, you know, successful beyond my wildest dreams or kind of maintain this safe space mm -hmm is really how much I'm willing to gamble on what I have sit, a Tijuana Jackson purpose over prison sitting in front of me right now. You know what, just to circle back um, to what you said earlier too, um, Retro and I were talking about this too, how dope it was for this film that you didn't black explain it. And if it wasn't for you, if you didn't get it, it's not for you then. Yeah. And I mean, hold yeah. that. And that, I, that to me was like the purest form of like, why it resonated so much because like we can watch it and we'll be like everybody who if you know you know right and you have people like that in your family i was telling you about my brother-in-law who was just like that's that's him and then if you didn't if it was too raw and it's too uncut then you're not from that cloth and that's okay but that's just it's just this one's not for you you gotta you yeah. can sit this one out that's exactly cool. sit out and you know people be like oh you know <clears throat> listen i've been saying it from day one i we you know i remember the day that i had to explain on set the peekaboo <laughs> and yo, I'm not gonna spoil it, but that shit right? <laughs> the explanation was fucking crying. Yo. And even how you looked in the camera was just like, uh-huh. Like, like, like I looked in the camera like your uncle, dude. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, like hey, right? And that's the point. It's like I remember when I did that that day, and my producers was like, should we get an off? I was like, no. 
No. <laughs> nah. I'm like, you either get this shit or you don't. This is right. not, listen, I was like, I spent the 20 years of my life working on these Hollywood jobs and having to bite my tongue. And no doubt. Not being able to, 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 to tell the jokes that I wanted to tell. Right. Right. So that I could be here. And the last thing I'm going to do now is, and you know, this, down. you know, speaking uh, to, to retro boogie on, on what you were saying about representation, let me tell you something real, real funny. Had I taken this, had I was, had I figured out a way to get this to a studio, I'm gonna tell you what the studio would have told me. We gotta tone it down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not because it's not good. We love Tijuana Jackson, but if you want to reach a broader audience, we gotta. It's not it palatable. Down. Right. Yeah. They would have toned it down. Then you know what they would have done? They would have distributed it because yeah, I'm a black lead. Because I'm a black lead, they would have distributed it to urban America, domestic urban America. Period. So I'd be like, time out. You just said we need to tone it down to reach a broader audience. And then- It's contradicting. Yeah, yeah but we're only gonna send it to urban media. Right? That's the exactly. game. So now you're having me sending my people a watered down watered version of the experience that we've been living our entire lives. That's a bad look, all it's around. Very bad look. It's a very bad look. So look, you know, so I'm proud to say I own this shit. I, I, I feel like I got a mixtape out right now that's a little hot. <laughs> Pop a I trunk. Swear to God, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I got a mixtape out that's kind of hot, and I'm sitting here going, do I... This, this is the dilemma I've been facing lately. And watching, ironically, I've been thinking about this for two months in my head. Like, how do I distinguish myself? How do I break past the glass ceiling I've set for myself? And um, then I started watching Hip Hop Evolution and the through line between all of the, like the iconic businessmen of hip hop is that they invested in themselves as if they had absolutely no other option mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. jail. And so, yes, I, I, I put up, you know, like a hundred grand of my own money to make the movie and everything like that. But now I've got a business model that's, actually working like i could probably look to my phone and tell you somebody just bought a mask somebody just bought a t-shirt you know we've got 33 more reviews since last night on on amazon we've got x amount of more reviews on and so you see the people are purchasing the business model based on very minimal advertising being done by our distributor because our distributor does not own the lion's share of the film um you know the, the agreement was that they would put a very small amount of marketing into this and I'm seeing this little bit of these little bit of ads that they're running actually generating, uh, actually generating sales revenue. On top of that, it's opened up a whole new world on the Tijuana Jackson uh, YouTube channel. Um, it's it's raised a lot of awareness around every little thing within my business ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here going, do I have the courage to? To quadruple down, to like take, yes, uh, put, uh, to put uh, my own uncomfortable yes. money, yeah. my own uncomfortable money. Now, yeah. now I'm really biting into that cushion because I'm like, and everything in me is like, it's a distinguishing moment. It's a well, it's funny moment. too because like even for us to sit there and be like, as as consumers and as like the people watching and receiving the content, it's like, like Retro just said, yes, yes, and then for you also circling back and keeping it within the theme of what we're here to talk about today. Now you got a whole family 
another one to take that risk on right like you're betting on yourself but it's also like the risk is so much higher not because it's just Romney the dude out here chasing tail it's like no it's Romney with the wife the high school child my 10 year old autistic son and now a four month old pregnant wife like the stakes are so much higher from that perspective like do I gamble right now (laughs) yeah but well, you know, like, you know, you, you think it things through, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people where it's like, let me just throw money at the problem because I got a little bit of bread. Let me throw money at it. I'm good. And it's like, nah, it's not like that. You got to be educated at least to a certain extent on some things. Like, obviously I think we've all done it where we pay for the convenience or we pay for the help. And we're not, ex- if we're not experts at it, but if you got no other way to do it, then fucking then rock with it. You know what I mean? And then, but to that point too, it's just like, why, like now, you know, now you yeah. know it's a proven thing, right? Because when I first saw it, um, B was just like, yo, Romney's a fool, man. Like, check out this trailer. So I saw the trailer. I was fucking dying. And like, you know, obviously it has like the funny parts in there. So I thought initially it might be like a caricature movie or something like that. But like I, like I was telling you before we actually started recording, it was like, no, there's jail shit in there that is relatable to a lot of people who've had friends, family in jail or to people who've been in prison themselves. And like, just like, I don't want to spoil the movie, but there's like a scene where like you technically hit like rock bottom and like that scene lasts maybe five seconds, maybe, maybe 10, 15 seconds. And just like, just feeling that, like that sense of desperation, I've felt it for my friends or family who've been in jail and try to get out and try to oh, do I've right. cried, bro. And they're not trying, and, and they're not trying to get like, and they're not, no one's taking the chance on them. Yeah. Like, yep. like I have all this information. And then on, on the flip side is like, you could have some ignorant ass people. Cause I got, or dirt bags in your life that'll drop a bunch of knowledge on you. It's like, you can get it from everywhere. You can get knowledge from everywhere. You can learn and grow from everywhere. And I think the movie speaks to that a lot. And I think of course now it's like, well, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you go forward with it? You know what I mean? It's easy for me to say, cause I'm not putting my money up like that, but it's like, well, why wouldn't you? Because you, like you said, you had shit set up from the start. You weren't going to, you weren't about to be one of these broke ass rappers. That's like working at Best Buy. No, no disrespect to them. But it's like, you're not going to be working at Best Buy in a year. Like, nah, let me take this little bread that I got from hip hop, like quadruple it somewhere else, and then and then keep on going. And so then flip. Only accept the yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, I can't think of success without thinking of my health, without thinking of um, family, without thinking of uh, my psychological state, like the my mental well being, yeah. my mental well being. I can't think of it. I can't just think of success as the acquisition of things. It really, for me, has to be fulfillment. And so, I'm I'm at a place in my life where this is a game, and it doesn't matter, you know, you know, how much money I put up. Really, me and my family are going to be fine because I'm financially set up that way. Um, but the difference is the level of comfort I'm willing to sacrifice. And that's it. And yeah. I would just say that, you know. That's a real thing though. Yeah. And having, and having, uh, uh, having a, a, an understanding of what success means to me and that level of fulfillment, uh, there's, there's, there's a part of me that feels as though what I'm doing uh, is going to make it so much easier for a lot of other people as well as benefit me, I ain't crazy, but right, I feel sure, like right. it's 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 like, how do I get this on the map to the point of this story being told of how this was done repeatedly? And and, and for, I'm I'm going I'm going to go back in history, I'm going to go back to a conversation we were having a little while ago, 
um, which was that uh, uh, I, I, honest to God, had no clue that COVID-19 and the George Floyd protests were going to kick in prior to dropping this movie. The, the which truth worked is, out in your favor. Oh, what, oh, the serendipity is ridiculous. It's crazy. I started the crowdfunding. I put my own money up and then started a crowdfunding campaign to attract investors. I figured a crowd, I figured the YouTube channel wasn't enough proof of concept. Mm -hmm. Like I thought the YouTube channel would be like, oh yeah, this is a no-brainer. It wasn't. Doesn't. So the crowdfunding campaign and people putting up money into a project that didn't even exist because they knew that this character's name was attached to it might be enough. And to be real, it worked. But having skin in the game is what changed the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is my manager tried to discourage me from starting this crowdfunding campaign because he felt, I was living in Puerto Rico by then, and he felt that it wasn't a good look for an established actor to be asking. He said, I don't think it's a good look for an established actor to be asking his fans for money. Pause. Hold up, bro. And I asked him, so you really think I'm an established actor? <laughs> <laughs> right. You always thought that or just recently? <laughs> I was like, you telling me that an established, I said, movies are made for on average, a comedy is made for on average, you know, on the really low end, a low end comedy is made for 10 million, an average comedy is made for 20, 30. You didn't think we could raise a half a million dollars to make a movie? <laughs> and I'm established? To make a whole movie and I'm established? I was like, look, dog, I don't care how I look. I think the most expensive thing we invest in is with the, with the least return is how we look. We mm. are constantly spending money and investing time in posturing, and it gives us the least return. Mm -hmm. That's my personal take. And, um, and that's why you see a lot of these production companies and shit moving out of Hollywood. They're like, I ain't fucking paying this overhead for this bullshit. I don't give a fuck what nobody thinks. Mm -hmm. you know? Fucking drive my, my 73 Wrangler up in this bitch and park that shit. <laughs> park that shit in two parking spaces. I'm moving, my, I'm moving my shit back to Ohio. Fuck you. Word. You know, that's why. That's exactly why. It's because we realize now that this concept of perception doesn't really matter. That's the first thing I discovered when I started my internet business in 96. I was like, wait a minute. Don't nobody know what color I am? They just know yep. that I'm a nigga selling dick products on the internet they don't know who the fuck <laughs> they don't know who the fuck this dude is right and in fact what the whole deal was the reason that i even started the business was because the internet of, no that's not why i started business. when i the reason that the business started taking off was because the internet afforded people the luxury of anonymity yep. while buying a dick product so all i had to do in my marketing was make sure and say we promise you there are no pictures of dildos on the packaging. Mm -hmm. So when it discreet arrives packaging. to your house, it'll be, I would say those words exactly, discreet packaging. So when it arrives to your house. That's early, 96? That 96, was baby, early. I was, oh, I was making, 96, I started that shit like November, December of 96 by, I was making by like January, February, I was making like $3,000 a month. God damn. And this right? is before the marketing era of the internet. This dude, wasn't even a thing. Yeah. This dude, was before. Give it, give it, give it, say like two, three more months. Say two, three more months. I'm making $250,000 a year. God damn. There, there, would be, there would be months. You know, I have five employees, a, an office off of Beverly Boulevard and La Cienega, mm -hmm. right there, right across the street from the Beverly Center. Yep. And I was, I was not kidding, traveling to Japan, traveling to Hawaii, traveling to Italy, chilling with five employees running my business. Not kidding. 
The one thing I did learn though, because it does hurt sales, is that when a man calls into an establishment to talk about penis products, he don't want to talk to a woman. So I had to switch my staff up a little bit, <laughs> right? I was like, uh, yep. Hmm. I, don't, I don't want you and you and you answer the no phone doubt. no more. No let, let my man Yui go answer the phones, you know, but, um, and my yeah, dick but, pump doesn't work. I don't want to talk to a, I don't want to talk to a Susan. Uh, Am I doing this right? I want to talk to Craig. <laughs> Yeah. Am I supposed to put my balls in there too? I'm not sure. <laughs> right, right. And so, yeah, man. But anyway, I, I kind of got sidetracked. But, the, but, 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 uh, help, help me get back to where we were. We were talking about. I was talking about the fact that um, uh, somebody had a brain. Yeah, what you? so you're talking so, to your manager. Your yeah, manager yeah. So my manager's like, well, yeah, we don't. You know, it's a good look. I said, if you think I'm an established actor, so what I ended up doing was, I ended up putting my own money up. I put the music on. Pour myself a drink. I put together some hors d'oeuvres and started eating them bitches. <laughs> and then I started dancing. And when I started dancing, motherfuckers started wanting to put money in the crowdfunding campaign. Mm. Motherfuckers started asking me, investors started asking me like, yo, how much you, you know, other actors started being like, yo, so you making a movie? So what I learned, and my manager is the one who says this. He goes, well, I guess sometimes you got to start your own party and then send out the invitations. And that's mm. what happened. People don't chase you know, people chase the moving train. They don't chase the train that's sitting still. That's a fact. Right? And so one of the business lessons I learned was, was that even on a micro level, you have to be, you have to be executing steps that, that represent a project moving forward. I think that one of the biggest, biggest deficits in independent film is the understanding of marketing. Mm. And I, I came into the game knowing that y'all would be disgusted if you knew how much research I did before really ex re executing on this project. Y'all be like, that's ridiculous. But that's just my nature. Mm -hmm. But also, too, this is a 20 year project in the making. This is not like it's overnight. Like, right. This is a long this, time coming. It's a long time coming. And one of the things I really needed to understand, because I knew that owning it and releasing it independently would be an option. And I didn't know that it was going to be as perfectly aligned as it ended up being, sure. but it was actually quite serendipitous. So this crowdfunding campaign's going on. I'm in Puerto Rico taking a break because it's so exhausting. Me and my homie, who's a commercial fisherman, would go out two, three times a week. I'm on a boat. A storm comes while we're on the boat. And we're out in the ocean. We see the waves coming towards us. Oh, we're yeah. like, our shit. So we, I start calling home to ask my baby, like, baby, was there an earthquake or something? Because we're seeing something that looks like a tsunami coming our way. Me and my boy stay out in the whole storm. Everything clears. The sky's got this kind of pinkish, purplish look to it. The water's placid as hell. We sitting there with our poles in the water, quiet as hell. My phone rings. An investor calls and says, he doesn't want to give me what, I'm, what I need. He wants to give me more. Damn. Again, the, the universe rewards specificity. I had started my party. My party had exhausted me to the point of needing to get myself on a boat and go fishing, even if there mm. was a storm coming. Mm -hmm. And in the midst Damn. of me doing all that, a dude said, hey, you ain't never got to get in a storm no more, fam. I got you, right? And so my point being with that right there is that I was extremely specific about what I was aspiring to. I started my party because with that specificity, I had more confidence in what my role was. I wasn't relying on investors. I was hoping, but I didn't expect them. To, and they came through. Damn. And, and so here we are now, right? So I, I've got investors waiting in line now. 
I ended up turning away four investors. Damn. So I had investors waiting in line. This whole thing's going down. And, um, and I, I, I get into the process of like actually saying, well, let's make the movie. So we get to the point of like, okay, we have the money. We have a line producer. We're breaking it down. We're going every day. She's at my house. We're breaking down what needs to be done. What needs to be eliminated in the script? Cause you adjust your script to your budget. And I, I was able to get talent because they saw the crowdfunding campaign in place. Stop. People wanted to help. Damn. Then they saw I had investors and they were like, okay, so like we're line producing it. And I put all this shit on social media. People were like, oh, so people who knew what line mm -hmm. producing was, was like, oh, then I started saying, okay, we're looking for locations. If you have a spot, it's all part of the marketing. It's raising awareness. Yo, if you got a spot that's like this, we'll pay you to use your spot, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's all part of the marketing. People so saw that the machine was moving. And as they saw that, what aspect of whatever step we was on spoke to them. And that's something that we kind of miss miss out on in independent film is understanding that the marketing starts way before. Well before, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. And, and, and yeah. And so we ended up getting a distribution deal and the distribution deal took eight months to negotiate. We negotiate the deal. Dude gives us an advance and disappears. That was it. Can't, can't find him. Dude ain't returning our calls. A damn near between the negotiations and getting this dude to respond to our calls, a year had gone by. Shit, we, missed, Jesus. we felt like we missed our whole window. We were like, this dude messed our shit up. And I, I, the, the day that I got the letter from him saying he, could, he couldn't come up with the rest of the money, um, I got a little thing on my shirt. He said he couldn't come up with the rest of the money. I was like, my, and my team sent me the letter and everybody was all bummed out. And I was like, yo, I think this is a save. I think this dude mm. blessed us. This dude blessed us. Here's what I want. I said, I, I said, before I say anything else, I just have questions. So my, I, I wrote out like eight, nine questions and sent them to my legal team. Would it be too much to ask for this? Would we be able to say, keep the advance because of the, the, the opportunity cost, right? Mm -hmm. All this other stuff. My, my, my investor was like, no, my, um, my, my attorney was like, I like the way you think. Um, then let me get back to you on this. Got back to me, answered the questions I needed answered, turned to my team and I said, here's the deal. I have a launch strategy that I've already formulated. We're going to implement this launch strategy and pay no distributor. We're doing it ourselves. Here's yeah. how it goes. Here's the breakdown. I said, if you give me 30 minutes, I'll break the whole thing down. I broke the whole thing down to them. They were like, damn. And this was 30 minutes before we got on the phone with a new prospect, a distri distribution. We get on the phone with the distribution team. They repeat every single thing that I had said that I was going to do in my, in my own launch. And we were like, huh, that kind of put us in a dilemma because I'm like, they talking about doing everything that we was going to do and I ain't got to do it myself. And so they were like, so I told them, I said, listen, I don't care about being in theaters. It's not my dream. I don't have that. I, 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 it's not a, and I don't have that yeah. fantasy. Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, so, okay. And I said, and honestly, your distribution plan, I mean, you, you know, you, your marketing and distribution plan is kind of identical to mine. In fact, I'd be putting up more money for mine than you're putting up for it. And they were like, well, how about you let us facilitate it? We can do that too. I was like, what does that mean? Like we'll take a very small percentage of the movie, but we will make sure that we place it in all the areas that it needs to be. We'll help you get it prepared for those areas. And we'll even put in a little bit of financing. Um, and you know, we'll give you, I was like, no, 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 I don't want no advance. I don't need no money from nobody. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, uh, I, I need to maintain ownership of this film. And we ended up coming up with an agreement, a short term and then eventually a long, Form, a short form and a long form agreement mm -hmm. of that I would end up owning it. 
by the time all of that had happened and we had locked in the deal, we were all very happy. So they were going to help oh. us get this prepared for all the digital platforms. And they were also going to try to get distributed to all these theaters. Here's the crazy shit. Normally, you give up the lion's share of your shit to a distributor and they get you in all the theaters. The theaters, yeah. You didn't have to do that. Well, dude, well, check this out. COVID-19 hit. And then George Floyd hit. And I would have been limited to digital distribution mm-hmm. anyway. So I'd have been mm-hmm. pissed off to have given up a lion's share. Of 100%. It's all serendipitous. And then all these major networks started calling and wanting to talk to me about the damn movie. Dude, I don't know if you noticed, but this little $400,000 film has been on just about every major network, which is bananas. It's crazy. Right. It is crazy. Right. And so that's kind of how serendipitous this whole situation has been. So here I am now looking at this shit. And being like, damn, maybe I should just quadruple down and, and put a real marketing team in place and go for broke. Yes. Yes, you should. I, well, feel, I feel like, yeah. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, thinking about your character, too, on A Million Little Things. And they, as a, as a black man that deals with mental health heavy on that show, how does that affect you in your real life? Like, dealing with shit like this. These are, like, life-changing moments for you. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't just, like, right. some, eh. Like this shit could go crazy or it could just, like you said, you're, you're set up no matter what, but regardless of this could take you to another stratosphere or it can. It can totally take me to another stratosphere. And it's, it's just, it's, it's like, it's, here's the one thing I've never regretted. I've never regretted investing in myself. For sure. hundred percent. Right. Yo, when I was starting that internet business in 96. That was all you. My, my lady's mom was like, I don't believe in it. I, it makes no sense. My girl was like, why can't you go work for, not kidding. My friends were like, you crazy nigga. All my niggas in hip hop was like, dude, <laughs> yo, Rom done fell the fuck off. Yo, Rom fell the fuck off. We got to check, check up on him. Yo, yo give, give Rom a call, yo, man. He lost it. He lost it. Niggas had me on suicide watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not even kidding. And um, it's one of the best and smartest things I ever did for myself because it afforded me an education. And the type of education that it afforded me also is that it gave me confidence in like knowing that this is a constant, you're constantly going to be learning when it comes to, to the internet. So right. as far as, as far as, as, as a million little things goes, a million little things, you know, like a lot of times I'm playing a version of myself mm-hmm. in, in everything. I'm playing a version of myself. I don't care how crass, crude, rude, disgusting, despicable the character is. I won't take it if I can't find it in me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and I don't have no problems. You hating the character that I played. In fact, no maybe if you hated the character enough, you just leave me the fuck alone. when you <laughs> <in the street. laughs> so, you know so you won't be asking for pictures and shit, but, the, 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 the thing with the million little things is the only reason I took this network show was because of the message. The black man dealing with depression. I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit. I, I, I just made a Every movie. Every fucking day? Yeah. <laughs> I just made a movie. I'm like, this is my fucking... I grew up around so many men and didn't even realize that they were fucking depressed. 100%. So, so I was like, you know, taking on that role, taking on the role of that was an opportunity to communicate to, to, make, to help make the discussion about uh, mental health, especially for people of color, a mainstream mm-hmm. topic. I help, I am part of a show that's helping to make that shit a mainstream topic, period, point blank. And that 
That's fine. Priceless. Yeah, I, hell yeah. Yes, I, 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 I go to sleep well at night. But the flip side of it is, is that the shit has actually has educated me. It's made, it's made me a lot more sensitive and uh, in tune and a lot more uh, empathetic of what people are dealing with mental health disorders. Yeah. Um, or, you know, whether or not somebody's dealing with depression because they are genet- uh, uh, genetically predisposed or, you know, whether it's a series of things. I've read some incredible books, met some incredible doctors, talked to some incredible people about this shit. I've also talked to some everyday people who had incredible things to say. Um, mm. And so it, it's actually made me a bit more sensitive. And it's, it, it's maybe even helped my relationship in the sense that, like, I'm much more apt to allowing uh, people including my spouse, especially my spouse, to influence me in the way that I think. Because mm-hmm. now I just have a much more sensitive approach to un- trying to understand where they're coming from. So how that relates to what we're talking about right now is um, I kind of feel like in a very hip hop, uh, you know, underbelly of America way, Tijuana Jackson, Purpose Over Prison is speaking to a demographic that doesn't really have a voice in this country. And it's speaking for a demographic that doesn't have a voice in this country, just like black depressed men. And a lot of times black, black people dealing with depression didn't have a voice because of the, the lack of tolerance. Man up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because for men as a whole, like if a woman expresses suicidal thoughts, if a woman expresses being depressed, no exaggeration whatsoever, according to statistics, written, a book written by Dr. Terrence Real, she gets about 80% support from her community, female community. Whereas if a man expresses those same things, he's ostracized by about 75% of the community. Now, this dude actually goes into a section of the book and talks about being black and the prison industrial complex. Mm. I'm telling you right now, it's another level. And so uh, part of it is that we, as a community, stifle it ourselves. And then we also, we also... Uh, um, we also take it as canceling out religion and faith. Like we, we, we see this as if you have to rely on that, then you're basically saying the church isn't working. Mm-hmm. And when in fact, you know, if you're a religious person, they actually, they go hand in hand. And a lot of the principles that you learn, universal principles you learn when getting mental health, you will actually find in religious doc, you know, um, um, uh, in, um, in, 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 in religious literature. You'll mm-hmm. find a lot of the similar principles there. And so uh, I feel as though this is my opportunity to be a, a million little things through my little movie. That's dope, man. And I think too, that's where I think what really resonates with you because you can see those things, you can feel them. And even like the platform that we've kind of chosen to, to what's starting to grow is, we sit down and we talk to so many people, guests on the show, and then we get a chance to be vulnerable. And they, it's still cool. Like, it's still, you know, hip hop, it's like, nah, you don't share your feelings or an emotion. Like, what the fuck? Like, you don't soft talk about ass that motherfucker. Shit. Like, yeah. yeah Same shit like that. Pussies in here talking about some soft <laughs> shit. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, there's an evolution and like a new version of what it means to be masculine, right? And it's like, you can be and vulnerable. Strong. You can do, and it's safe. Yeah. And it's not like, you're not less than because of that. And I think that it's dope to be able to see that on a way broader scale, right? Because we're still local, but to see that same mindset and that same mentality be highlighted and on such a big, like a network platform, 
are now an independent, like, black as fuck film, that's yeah. dope. Like, unapologetically, yeah. too. Like, yeah. and I love everything about that. Yeah, I do, too. And just for the record, my showrunner is like, yo, I watched this. He said my, my, my wife was going to bed. His wife's Korean. She said she was going to bed. She said she'll watch the first 10 minutes to be supportive. <laughs> Sat, watched the Say whole I movie. watched it. <laughs> watched the whole movie, got all emotional and shit, which is hilarious. You know Shame, what I mean? Um, and so, my, you know, uh, as far as ABC goes, um, I, you know, I, I haven't asked them their opinion because honestly, it doesn't matter to me um, unless, they, unless they're trying to support it. Right. And, and yeah, on, on, on the level of, of, of vulnerability, I think it's really dope. I love that about you guys that you chose this platform. Um, Thank you, man. To, uh, that you chose this platform to, to do that. I also think, like, was probably one of the things that I really liked when I first started hearing you guys talk was like you were kind of speaking about how your children were raising you, which was mm. interesting. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you grow up in this culture of, like, children to be seen and not heard. Yeah. And so um, it's as if you don't really um, hear parents from those generations speaking of the ways in which uh, children have opened their minds, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And, and so to, 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 to be some brothers out there, there's some people out there saying, yo, my kids are teaching me some shit. I'm like, oh, I got a whole different perspective, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm communicating with my wife differently now because sure, of these man. things. That's healthy, fam. That's, it is. And, you know, and that's strong. Yeah, we don't start hearing it until it's, we're at a state of emergency. So we, don't, we might not know it, but we're at a state yeah. of emergency. And it's the reason the brothers open to it. So the timing is very important, too. Yeah, man. Even like somebody like we had Wordsworth on, and it was dope because he was telling us how his kid was feeling in school. And he became a teacher. Like, we were like, yo, we just hired tutors. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you became a teacher. Like, who does that? Yeah. And this is like Wordsworth, Lyricist Lounge, like, nasty MC that I've been a fan of for years. And it was just like, this man said, I don't tour overseas anymore. Like, I'm a full-time for my teacher. Kids. Like, yeah. that's my, for my kids. Damn. Like, that's, that's we were talking, like, that's the ultimate dad flex I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Like, <laughs> that shit is different, man. Dude, that is amazing to be real. That is amazing. You know, that, that, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, the sacrifices, man, that folks make for their kids, man, is, you know, the, the lives that their children go on to have is a direct reflection of that. You know what I mean? I know a lot of famous ass, like, legends that just neglected to be there for their families and their shows, man. And you wonder why they why Y'all so rich, y'all got it going on. Why your kid in and out of jail? What's this drug habit? Blah, blah, blah. It's time, man. The most, valuable currency, yeah. the most valuable currency you can give to your kids time. is time. And that's one of the things that's been eating me alive is how much of this has been taking up my time when normally me and my, my little man, we got a whole routine, that's right? So. Now, you know, you know, I maybe get to spend my, me and him sitting, we spend our mornings together and then I'm off for the rest of the day, you know? And it's like, um, that's another reason that I'm, in the middle of this whole concept of like just quadrupling down and putting a real team in place. But anyway, I get it. yeah, man, uh, but I agree. That, that, that wordsmith move is the, is the lick. I think the, one of the, the wildest things to me was... I mean, Wordsworth, Word, Wordsworth, my bad, my bad. He's a wordsmith, okay. though, okay. but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I, I had like struggled with growing up is like, I think the concept of toxic male masculinity, right? Like you suck it up, you don't show emotions. And the Korean culture is like, you're a provider and that's pretty much it. <clears throat> you're there for right. your kids. Like as a presence, like just 
being there, but that's pretty much it. So my dad raised me much of the same way. So when I got to have my child, Kenny, <laughs> bless you. Bless you. Uh, Coronavirus. Just <laughs> <laughs> <was> get real. <laughs> yeah. uh, when when Kennedy got to a certain age where she was just trying to really like push her boundaries and I would get mad at her, I would see it in her eyes how hurt she was that I reacted this way when she's literally just testing boundaries. She doesn't know if something is dangerous for her yet or anything like that. So for me, I felt some type of way. And then I, when I really thought about it, I was like, well, real strength comes from showing the whole myself as the totality of what I am as a person, showing it to her. So I do have bad moments. I do have moments where um i like i probably snap unnecessarily on her because i've had a tough day or something like that but what's even better for me is like because you know like it's it's very common in asian households where they're just like oh when your mom fucks up or your mom gets mad at you but then afterwards she's just she doesn't apologize she just acts nice it's like yeah 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 Nah, for me, it's just like, I need to, like, there's been times where even if Kennedy was in the wrong, and I try to teach her, I spaz her, like, yo, you fucking serious? And I yeah. see it in her face, and later, like, when I'm calmed down, I come I come back to her, like, look, I'm sorry. Dad overreacted, okay? And that's part of who I am, but I'm working on it for you. I'm working on it for mom, you know, and your, your incoming little brother. And just to show that and be like, we can be sad. We're allowed to be sad. We're allowed to be happy. We're allowed to smile. We're allowed to, to accept emotions. Yeah, to show yeah. emotions. I was like, to me, that was... I thought that that was like the true meaning of strength because I didn't know that until I was almost going to lose my wife because of how I react to certain things or certain situations. I don't want to, I don't want to be pushed to that limit to learn again. I'd rather no. be more open-minded about it. You know what I mean? Cause it very well could have been the other way just cause I was being stubborn to hard heads. Well, fuck you then or whatever. And then right. now I'm a single dad without the love, the two loves of my life in, in, it, like, in it with me. You know what I mean? So at least to show that and to have a platform. Initially, I didn't think that anyone, not no offense to be, I was, I was like, who the fuck is going to listen to me? Like, I'm just some random dude, like, in, in an era where exactly. everyone thinks that they're important on the internet. Like, which we have I, no egos and no yeah. chips on our shoulder. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> yeah, not. I'm just, uh, I, I just didn't think that something was there, but, you know, people started stepping up. I'm like, yo, I fuck with it. I fuck with it. Even non-parents. And that spoke to me. They're like, yo, you're telling me because a lot of my friends are the sons of, of sons and daughters of immigrants or they're second generation. They're like, this is not what we were taught, but we're seeing now it's better for us to be this way and to open ourselves up to everybody and each other to be better friends to each other, you know? Like, cause before it's like, oh, your man's going to do some bad shit. You take him or like, he's going through some tough times with his, his wife or a significant other. You take him out, you have a few beers and be like, ah, women, what are you going to do about it? That <laughs> shit don't fly anymore. You know what right. I mean? Like to me, that doesn't fly anymore. Like, let's talk about, let's talk about this. Are you being unnecessarily mean to her? Is there something else that's kind of like seeping into the relationship that some outside influences that maybe you or her or him aren't aware of? Like, let's talk about it rather than be like, no, mm-hmm. suck it up. You, you know, women, they're crazy. Like mm-hmm. shit like that is just, I'm glad that that's changing now mm-hmm. so we can have more frank conversations with our significant others and really gets to know who we are or who no. each other is like, and that's, no, no. that was the biggest thing to me. That and and I commend you. I think that especially here's the thing, especially being a person of color, and I know I always gonna make it everything about race, but no, being a person of color in this country is different and the reason <laughs> and, different. it is, and the reason is because the consequences for your mistakes are much more so severe. Much mm-hmm. Right? And so now how does that translate into family life? Is that we almost are 100% willing to deny our mistakes. And what you learn when you truthfully care about a family and you want to grow and you want to keep that family 
is you learn the mistakes are okay. It's learning from the mistakes. So reaction, how do you bounce back from them? Owning up to your mistakes mm-hmm. is, is so, you know, when you talk about something else, when you say something else seeping into the relationship, sometimes, honestly, it's these, uh, it's, it's these uh, media values, this mainstream media and pop culture values of where us allowing this, this narrative to seep into our household and program us and become our, our societal norms without us even knowing it in the way in which we behave. And one of them is, is to be perfect, right? And so as a result of that, it, it, results, in, it, it results in a huge breakdown of communication. Yeah. Actually, probably the healthiest thing I've ever done for my family is get into an argument with my woman in front of my kids, mm. right? Then come downstairs one day, like, like later that day and apologize. In front of the kids. Angry and, and tell her I had this revelation that it was this and this. And I'm really sorry and do that. And then what's even funnier is my 17 year old demon, I mean, daughter, <laughs> <laughs> she then makes fun of me. You know what I mean? Oh, but, she roasted you. Right, she roasted me. Yeah. But, but, but the point is, is that um, to me, it felt like one of the, probably one of the strongest things or best, most effective things I've done for the kids is allowing them to see uh, and also to see how I, I handle my mistakes. For sure. Maybe give them an example. Because I, I, I got to be real. I met my daughter when she was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Her relationship. Whole new dynamic. Whole new I love dynamic. that you said daughter too. Not stepdaughter. I think that's yeah. beautiful, man. No, that's oh, a daughter, that. man. Fuck that. Dude, that's a daughter. I love that. Yep. Bruh, bruh. Her mom and her was at the mall or something. And they were just having a deep talk about like, what if something happened to me? What would you do? Because she does have a dad who lives in Florida. And her grandmother lives in, in Puerto Rico. She adores her grandmother. I'd say it was wrong. What do you mean, what would I do? I'd say it was wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my daughter. That's my yeah, daughter yeah, for real. Yeah, right? That's a fact. I love that, yeah. man. And, and so, like, you know, uh, you know, one of the things I've had to deal with is coming of age, a certain coming of age, and realizing that I didn't know who she was. I thought I knew who she was. Mm. Um, and so having a talk with her just recently and telling her, it's unfair because it's, it's un, it, she just had a 17th birthday. I was like, it's unfair because um, I'm sitting here expecting you to be someone, right? And that plays into all this, uh, uh, you know, patriarchal shit of like, a woman's supposed to be this way, your daughter's supposed to behave this way, you're supposed to think this way, you're supposed to be respond. And I said, I honest to God, didn't even realize how damaging that was. Mm-hmm. I said, and so over these last few years, uh, I've just been observing who you are, like literally getting to know you because I'm realizing that I didn't really do that when we first met mm-hmm. and helping her understand my position on why maybe things that she may have gotten scolded for before she doesn't anymore. Because I'm wanting to learn. I want to see the long-term picture. I want to see how, yeah. how she handles it over time. Mm. And having that talk with her, because I think that sometimes her being so used to, especially being in, you know, Caribbean culture, Latin culture, just being so micromanic. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Everybody's so reactionary and so volatile that she looked at me just kind of hanging out and practicing a salsa routine and then going about my business. She looked at it as a disconnect, and I was like, no, I want to hear everything you want to tell me, but if you really think about what you want to tell me, it ain't much. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. the truth. And so what I'm doing is, is rather than assuming who you are, I'm really taking time to get to know who you are. I'm really observing, dope. observing your process. And, I, and, that was, and that was something that I had to learn the hard way because as she started coming of age, um, it was hard for me to digest that she wasn't the daughter that I, that I assumed mm. she, should, she should be. Right. It's interesting, you know? man. And then, and then having a child who's autistic, you know, I have major issues with injustice, but there's no right or wrong when you're dealing with autism. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right? So there's no checks and balances. And that, that is definitely like... It just made me. It just made me into a man that I've always aspired to be, mm. you know. And um, so kudos, so kudos to to the brothers out there that are willing to um, to be flawed. Not only show your flaws, but also show what you learn from your flaws and mistakes. Uh, and also feel safe discussing them, man. Like you said, yep. there's so many, there's so many like levels of support for like women and things like that. These groups and all these things. And for us as men, they're very limited. And especially men of color, it's very limited. Hopefully, we start away. That's always it. This is, we can go back into the systemic racism of like not having access to resources, but that's another conversation. But that's the reality of it. So it's dope to be able to have a platform where people can actually talk and pick up a couple nuggets and couple gems, but also to feel safe to be good dudes, man. Like it's cool to be a good dude. It's cool to be an involved and evolved father. It's cool to be a family man. Like that shit is dope. Like yeah. embrace that shit. That yeah, shit is fly. Yeah. You know what? That's it. That shit was part of hip hop for me too. Because I remember when Sean Price, when he's like rapping about his Bernadette and his kid, he was just talking about like, yeah, like I rap, but like when I come home, I'm just dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm just she don't know who the Sean fuck P, I am. Man. Yeah, like she's yeah. she don't know who the fuck I am. I'm my husband and a dad. I'm happy. And he like raps about them. Like yeah. uh, he rapped about them often. How happy he was to be around them. And I was like, damn, like we do need to hear more of that in general, but even if um, it's just normal discourse that we're having with our friends, like why not just be like, so what, what really is wrong? You know what I mean? Or like, mm-hmm. to the point we were talking about earlier, like learning from your kids, like there's a lot of shit. My, my kid teaches us, even that episode that we had with Brett, like his, uh, his, his son was just like, I'm just going to be me. I'm not going to be what someone thinks I should be. I'm just going to be me. And he's like, yeah. Oh yeah. shit. All right. Like you can get yeah. knowledge from everywhere, you know, whether it's Tijuana, uh, the Tijuana Jackson in your family. Oh, dude. Or, <laughs> or your daughter or whoever. Well, well that, that's the whole idea of it, too, is that I just live for irony. And the irony was mm. growing up in the hood, you had all these dudes that were failed in every aspect of life, for the most part, giving you advice on how to conduct your life. And there was a part of you that really wanted to listen to them because you were like, they'd been through it. Yeah, facts. You know what I mean, and so, like, you have to figure out the balance that works for you. And I kind of love this idea of like the dude you look at as the biggest failure giving you life advice or the dude who's the most institutionalized man in the world mm. telling you how to liberate yourself. That shit is hilarious to me. I love I that. I look at that shit. And to, to, to go one, to just to, to, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, um, uh, it slipped my mind, man. It's, my, my, my brain fatigue is crazy. No, you know, I was going to say, looking at my 15-year-old daughter, when she, <laughs> when she was 15 and watching Tijuana Jackson and kind of not really getting it to like, Turning 17 and watching Tijuana Jackson and couldn't stop laughing through the whole movie. Mm. It broke my heart a little bit, bro. 
Nah, no doubt. Like, the fact that she she's not 15 she anymore. She gets it now. It's like, fuck. The innocence Man. is gone. <laughs> I'm dealing with it on a micro level already. Just like she's starting to get into like princess stuff and like dresses where I used to just put her like in shorts that like a hip hop t-shirt and some and some Jordans. I'm like, oh yeah, bet like my mini me. And now she's just like, I want to wear a crown. Or I want to like, uh. I was like, I guess you do what you want to do. And I tell her to. Even with that, I tell her too. I was like, "Hey, you're not a princess, you queen. All right, like remember no, that shit." I was yeah. like, "That sounds that sounds maybe Asian hotepi," but I was like, "No, you're yeah. a queen." I was like, "There could be two queens in the household. You're your own queen. Don't take shit from nobody." And there's thankfully now there's even you know because we get we get desensitized to the way things are as like from a white supremacy supremacy point of view from or very early on, right? Euro said we we're taught to learn or we're, we're taught to uh, cherish Eurocentric features. Um, lights, you know, colorism, light skin, dark skin, whatever it is, everyone wants to be the, you know, straight the hair. Skin. That happens, yeah. yeah, straight hair and shit like that. But now at least I'm seeing very progressive shows. I'm really happy about it. There's like a, I forgot what the show was called, but it's a, it's a girl who's like a princess. But when she goes on adventure, she's a knight too. So she has like the armor yeah. and everything. She got a sword and all that shit. I'm like, God damn. I was like, yeah, watch more of that shit. Or Dr. Doc McStuffins. And that yeah, was, yeah. I, I didn't know about that until like Kenny was about to be here. And then I heard, um, uh, W. Kamau Bell was talking about it. He's just like, Doc McStuffins was like my daughter's favorite show. And when I took her to go for her checkup one time and in walks the white doctor, she's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> like doctors are supposed to be black women. They're not supposed to be white males. And he's just like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, damn. And then, so just representation again. So seeing that out there, seeing a strong character, not, not, you can still be feminine and be strong, or you don't have to be feminine. Because even what what's the concept of that? If you're a woman or you identify as a woman, you're feminine, right? Yeah. There's a whole spectrum of it. Just like if you cry, that's not not masculine. That just part that's part of what makes you a man. So I think dealing mm-hmm. with that now, hopefully, the generation after us, just by us doing this, I'm hoping in some small part, even if it's just one person, and they one feel different, we're happy. Yeah, we're happy. Like then our job is done because we, we just we, want to reach at least one person to, to tell them these things, you know. Man, let me tell you something. Individuality is so hard in this country, particularly when you subject yourself to the public school system. You know, individually is so difficult. The peer pressure, kids are so impressionable. And so it's like having that really strong family base plays a role. And, you know, even as chaotic as my family was, I was actually raised by my dad. I was raised by my mom and dad until I was about uh, uh, nine, ten years old. And then from that point forward, I was raised by my dad. And um, having that male figure, man, who actually, he, he was everybody's dad. He was, every, he was TJ, mm-hmm. T.J. Jackson. But he was everybody's T.J. Jackson. All the kids loved him. He, he, he took them fishing and took them gambling and shit. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm dead ass <laughs> serious. Yeah, I'm like, I already know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's horrible and a blessing at the same time. But, um, you know, he helped me at least escape a lot of these indoctrinations, you know, because TV does really do the programming. It does yep. a lot of programming. And when you're poor, it's kind of your go-to. It's your pastime. It's your, you have four channels when you're poor. You don't have yeah. cable, no shit like that. You don't have Netflix. Yeah. You don't have Hulu. You don't have Amazon. None of that shit. So even that, man, so yeah, grateful I mean, that we can do that for our kids. Like give them the spectrum of what it is to be different and to be an individual or anything like that. And, you know, I, a lot of times I just, because I live across the street from a skate park and I see these kids out here just like chilling or whatever. And I'm like, I'm, on one hand, I'm mad. It's like these motherfuckers don't know what it's like to get chased around by security guards or shit like that. But it's like, that's the whole point of me being a parent and making money. Like, obviously, I like nice things too, but it's like you provide 
stuff for your kid so your kid doesn't have to have even close to the life that you had. No, but you know, like I was telling you earlier, when I moved to Puerto Rico, one of the things that really stood out to me this go round, and that this is, you're talking to a dude who went to school in Trinidad and Tobago, right? Off and on, like, when I moved to Puerto Rico, one of the things that really stood out to me was how much race, uh, my conversation was made up of race, issues on race. And then I started realizing like, wow, that racism that I woke up into every morning in the United, you know, on, on, on the United States um, was, was, was a big distraction. It was a big distraction mm. from walking the walk and talking the talk mm. and doing the things that would actually make a difference for people of color. I was so heavily distracted by the ignorance and the trolls and the, um, and the subtleties in racism at the coffee shop and at the yep. park, you know. That I didn't Everywhere. realize how much time and thought was going into that and being away from Puerto Rico and it's giving my mind a little time to heal, mm. you know, get, having that time to heal, I actually realized at, um, that I could begin to paint and engage a completely different paradigm that wasn't as distracting. And so I can't imagine what it's like for a child who doesn't even know how to process the shit yet, but is probably more energetically in tune than we are. Right. Facts. Right. I don't know how that works. And so I wanna, I wanna believe that somehow or the other that I, am, I affect and impact you know, the overall perspective, but I gotta be real. I think it's kind of naive of me to assume that you know, all of this energy and all of this programming and billboards and all these things are not making an impression. You know, it's promoting, you, know, you look over your head and it's the, it's the skinny white girl with the straight nose and the, you know, and, and, or, or it's, it's, it's this, this one over here with the long hair that looks like, like the full, most full head of hair you've ever had. All your children comparing themselves and saying, I don't have hair like that. Mm-hmm. And that person's getting all the attention. My eyelashes don't look like that. And, that, and she's getting all the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, my man, my man don't, don't look like that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, oh, he doesn't treat me like that. Am I being loved? All that shit, you know, it's ignorant, at least to me, to think that we can, you know, you can compete with this you know billions you of dollars of marketing and, yeah you, you know, can't and right. i think exactly. that's and i think that's also why too um even with yourself man that's why like i appreciate like your social media like you're responsible with it just like us in this platform like we wanted to be responsible with what we're putting out in the world and have it be of some sort of value man just you have that responsibility especially to the next up and coming generation being accessible right there. yeah yeah being dude, accessible yeah. is a huge thing because i you know a lot of the times i hate that you know when you tell kids something and you're like well because i said so it's like no they're trying to figure world they're trying to figure the world out mm-hmm. so if you don't teach it to them the world that we live in is going to teach it to them and we live in america so you know how that's going to go so unless you tell them like look this is the way they think should it should be but it isn't really like that i'm gonna tell you why because this is my story and i think your story in general in terms of life would speak to that and saying like i made it i made it myself so you don't have to go through this shit but also understand like not a lot of people have that that can do that either and it's not necessarily their fault but that's that's the way things are and you got to work to change it but i accessibility is a huge thing here and the conversation too and, and it's why that you told me that too. Is like coming. I never had considered that. Like you learning who your kid actually is, but not like knowing who your kid is before you choose to really 
engage with them in earnest as opposed to be like, no, you're supposed to be this way. You're supposed to always listen to me. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, who the fuck are you? You only came into my life when you were, when I was 11. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's probably how the audacity. Like, yeah. Like, I think <laughs> that's how the, the friction starts. It's just like, let's get to know, yeah. let's really get to know each other first. Not, not I'm doing this to be nice to you because I love your mom or I love your dad. Like, yeah. no, like let's figure out who each other are. And, and augment that or, or, or supplement it with who we are as people so we can have a fruitful relationship because that's almost just as important, if not more important than having a relationship with your, with your partner. It's so real. And like, I'm going to tell you something, man. I was coming from that mentality of I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be, you know, 100%. Saying, you know and, and, yeah. and, and, and I got to say, I've kind of switched that shit up where I'm like, I actually, I, I actually am the most beneficial. To the people, and the people that are most beneficial to me are the people who really take the time to get to know me. It's a fact. And so I was like, damn, why wouldn't I do that for my kids? And let me tell you something. When you come into a a family where you've got a six-year-old or five, oh shit, five-year-old autistic child that's hyper as hell and and has learning disabilities, you have to learn. I've been to so many... Before me and my girl had even ever even gotten serious, I just wanted to go to all the classes and the meetings that they were having at the schools for because he went to a school for kids with special needs. I just wanted to be there because I I was curious anyway, mm-hmm. and it really helped me understand how little we understand about children as a whole yeah. because there were so many things about uh, dealing with uh, kids on the spectrum that should be implemented in dealing with a typical child. Any, all kids. Yeah. yeah. All kids. It's and applicable everywhere, not just for the special needs kids. Yeah, I had to sit in on the summer classes as well. My son's not autistic, but I worked with my son's school and I got a chance to sit in on some of the special needs classes and it was eye-opening. I was just like, yo, this is different. It's very yeah. different. And it's, 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 it's a lot of work, bro. And, you know, my, my, my friends always ask me why. What do you mean, why? My kids. They were like, they like, thought it was they thought it was baggage and then here we are like five, six years later and they're like, We should have just dealt. This whole situation has given me back my family. Mm. If you don't yeah. That's so dope to hear though, man. Oh my God, because you know, I got with someone who family is everything to her. Mm. So she has it's crazy, man. All the you know, we the whole family is a family. And it, that's dope. It, it, I, I knew how to make money but I come from a very fragmented family. I did not know how to sustain family. I did not mm. know how to do that. So just me and my brother, we don't really have much else other than us. Um, and well, I have a cousin in, in Texas that we managed to get tight after the 90s. But uh, I got into a situation where just, uh, I, and that's something that I think that I, is a, this is a great platform to discuss, which is that, um, you know, a lot of times we choose a mate and we're sometimes thinking of, of, what, of, of what looks good on paper, yep. right? And the stat, stat sheet. The stat sheet, but I, you know, I really come to, when I really started and I would do that, you know, or I would just date, I, I, I was shallow in the sense, I, just, I wanted you to be super fine. Mm-hmm. But when I really looked at what was going on with me, I kept hitting the same glass ceiling. I kept going around in circles with my dating experiences. I'd even been married and divorced. It was just the same problem over and over. And one thing that I realized was that is that I quit. I get to a point. I, I, I select people 
for, for reasons that don't matter. At that time, they matter. Yeah, no, at, at that time, they don't even matter. Really, I'm just like, she's just fine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I say, that girl is fine. I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to get to know her, and we're going to get along because she's fine. That was my mentality. <laughs> No, that's, I've heard that many times yeah. before. I'm, I'm going to love the shit out of you and I'm going to be the best man in your life because you fine. Period. And yeah. I, I've been guilty of that. Um, and anyway, I just, uh, you know, I, I kind of got to a point where I started realizing, oh shit, let's really talk about what I need. And I had a friend who's a director and he was in his first year of marriage and he was, him and his wife, were just it was going through hell. And mm. we pretty much agreed that he just probably should leave. They, they, they needed to they needed to probably split up, separate and then divorce. And he went to uh, a counselor and the counselor was like, you keep her, you stay with her. And he was like, why? You hear everything that's going on, you hear what she said, why? And he goes, because you chose her. And so, to me, that sounded a little crazy, but as I got older, I heard it differently. And what I realized is that the truth is, we rarely come into contact with people uh, uh, unless there is an opportunity to heal. So there's something greater than our immediate intellect that is drawing us to people or drawing us to certain entities, drawing us to certain environments. And it's, it's usually greater than us. And it's mm. most likely an aspect of your body or your mind needing to heal. Mm. And it believes that this is, this could be the conduit. The, the, this the could vehicle be the, to the vehicle, right. And so I started looking at it, at it from that perspective. And so then I looked at the women that I ended up in the company of. And I realized that, and even this is even after us getting together, I realized that, you know, when I've had those moments in my, in my relationship where I wanted to run and take off running, I already knew what I would get when I ran because mm-hmm. I ran so many times before. So I already knew the outcome of that. Mm-hmm. So when I really started looking at it and like the introspection, like and just getting more introspective about it and realizing, oh wow, this is the relationship that's helping me develop in the areas that I need the most help. Mm-hmm. I honest to God didn't know what it took to maintain family. I didn't know what it took. And I I, I didn't understand, and I didn't understand the benefits of maintaining family because my dad and his brothers didn't really talk, and him and they had this weird relationship with their mom where they didn't talk, and my dad cut off anybody who pissed them off, and I started realizing like how I was kind of repeating this pattern, and by doing so, inhibiting my own growth. Damn. It's when you stick there and you're constantly being challenged, you don't get to perform anymore. It's easy to show up, be charming, sure. and beat a bomb, and then bounce. But to show up, be charming, beat a bomb. When it wears off. Stay there, <laughs> and, that, and that, that allure wears off, and still be there, mm-hmm. you get, now you're learning how to be real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit. So here I was in this relationship and realizing like, yeah, I get it. It's, I'm, I'm with the woman that I'm with today who happens to be a, 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 a speech pathologist for kids with special needs. Oh, dope. Oh, it's very dope. And I'm, I'm with the woman that I'm with today because that thing in me that's greater than me chose this so that 
I could have this. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, man. And I think that I think that that might go for a lot of us. And 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 hundred percent. In no way am I implying that you should stick around and endure abuse or anything like that. But I am saying that if you do have a pattern, you should you should make an attempt at breaking that pattern. No, it's a fact, yeah. man. Knowledge bombs over here. Just right? flex bombs left and right. <laughs> <laughs> and a flex dropped the bomb. Man. It's super refreshing to hear, though, especially someone who's uh, maybe not a generation older than us, but a little older than us having that experience, too. Because what I initially, what I thought was like, okay, we're still kind of problematic, right? So being late 30s, we're still kind of problematic because we grew up with these misconceptions about what it was to be whatever role it is that you're supposed to fill. And then hearing like, no, we still can learn. So, you you know, that whole shit where like, oh, you, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like, no, you can. No, you still can. In fact, you can, can, can you I, can. this is a great, this is a great segue into my movie, Tijuana Jackson, Purpose Over Prison. I wanted to say that one of the things that this movie is about, another thing that it was about was you see this guy who's institutionalized, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he comes out of prison. Yeah. And he's the mentor for his nephew. But he's teaching his nephew the things that he's learned in the joint to survive on the outside. We don't realize it, but that's very common in the community throughout the United States of America. In fact, to speak of history in the United States of America and not speak of the, 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 the judicial system is hypocritical. Mm. So what we actually have is a dude like me, I've never been to prison. I've been arrested before, but I've never been to prison. Uh, dating a woman who has a child and the father is in, has been in prison. That guy gets out of prison, comes back into the community. I, we, don't, we might not know each other, but I might actually step on his sneakers at a, you know, mm. at, a, at a store or something. I have to contend with him and the dynamics of how prison has infected him as well, affected him as well. But also I have to deal with the dynamics of the messaging that I'm giving his son or daughter and the messaging that he's giving his son or daughter, all right? The, the, you know, uh, the, the, the level of communication and engagement that he's having with his baby mama and the level of engagement and communication, how that affects the level of engagement and communication I'm having with his baby's mama. That, that prison system is teaching, whether we know it or not, it is teaching, it is informing for better or for worse. It is, in heavily, it is a heavy, heavy influence on our behavior and what, it, and what we think it means to be a man and what, it think, what, what we think keeping it real means and what we think mm -hmm. passion is and what we think you know, uh, strength and weakness is. That prison system has a, in fact, slavery and that prison system, which is all one and the same, has a huge influence on how we interpret these things in our communities. And so Tijuana Jackson coming out and being, playing the role that he played in his nephew's life was kind of an example of what we are dealing with in, you know, in the community uh, because of the prison industrial complex. Yeah. Well, also, too, at another level, too, uh, on top of that, and that's in lieu of his absentee father. So it's like yeah. even still like the dude that came out is more of a presence in, this, in his nephew's life, yep. albeit maybe a negative presence, or maybe not, right? No, yeah. maybe not, yep. On top of the fact that his father's absentee, which That's is true. like, he has, two conf he has two major things happening. Like, you're de he's dealing with the trauma of that, mm -hmm. and then dealing with the trauma of an institutionalized man being his mentor. 
Exactly. And, which is and, fucking crazy. And the kids still had the wherewithal to just be like, no, like, this shit ain't right. Rather than be like, just blindly follow, be like, nah, like, you know, like, right. again, I don't want to spoil nothing, but it's like, he drops, he, he tells him what, like, he tells him what he needs to hear. Like, hey, man, like, shit ain't cool. Right. And, exactly. and st- yeah. but again, just speaking of like the community, like, that's so many kids in the community who have to mature and grow up and still like, have some level of normalcy when there's all this chaos and turmoil between his father, his uncle, and even his mom as a single mother trying to figure shit out who's doesn't have her shit together. Right. Like, so it's like, there's so many levels and still has the presence to be like, I was running your website. (laughs) I did the marketing to it. Like, how about this? So it's like, there's so many, like, it's, it's wild, bro. Because that's that's me. That's you. That's like so many people, and it's like we gotta overcome so much just to be at fucking ground zero with the rest of the population. Yeah, I mean, we're. It's already. It's maybe white folks don't know it, but then we. You know, you always hear like work twice as hard for half as much. That goes not just for money. That goes for anything and everything. Yeah. Respect, love, whatever it is. I just feel like obviously it's aggravating, man. Yeah, I don't think the burden is definitely. I definitely don't think the burden is on there on Asians or Asian Americans as much as is black, black people in general living in America. I don't, no, no. I don't believe that at all. Yeah. I think that it's still there, but I, like you said, like you were speaking about earlier in the conversation here, you're just saying like, we, we have to be perfect. So we don't. So because of that, because we're scared of being imperfect, which in my mind is a, is a huge benefit to show people Jeez, that man. we don't get any challenges like high blood pressure, mental health issues, um, yeah. staying in toxic relationships, whatever it is, all these things kind of center back to what, what the elite or whoever's running the country kind of deem is, is what's uh, acceptable when no, really it, it shouldn't it, be. It, it's actually a model of, it's a, mo- it's a model for oppression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a model for oppression. It's like I marginalize your, 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 your playroom, right? Mm-hmm. But, that, but that only applies to you. It's like it's like a parent who says, "Do as I say, not as I do." Yeah, but why? Why? Because it's easier for me. That's why. Exactly. That's that's, That's essentially that's the answer. That's how you started this podcast. That's (laughs) how y'all started this podcast. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like I, it just, and another thing that was bugged to me, or that was just more eye opening to me, because one of my boys is telling me because I had like. You know, I come from a broken home, and I think, unfortunately, that's just all too common in our generation, right? Because we grew up in a generation where half our half our parents got divorced, or half of, yeah, half of our families were divorced. Um, and I had issues with my family on and off, and I just I cut them off for a minute. And then seeing the family dynamic when Tijuana comes home, right, and seeing no matter what, like as much shit as you guys talk to each other, like coming back at the end of the day, but like we're still family. It's like that's something that wasn't prevalent and it still isn't prevalent with Asians and Asian Americans. Like if we're like, if we're done with you, he's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Like I'll, mm-hmm. like I'll, you'll never hear from me again. I won't speak to you at grandma's funeral, whatever it is. But the love is just, it's just very harsh. Right. And it's like to keep the family nuclear is that there's such a big emphasis on that, but it's kind of understated where it's like, it's very nuanced Cause you're like, why are they talking shit to each other like that? Cause there's a lot of families that don't do that. Cause Asian families, like it's usually the matriarch or the patriarch talking shit to the kids. Mm-hmm. The kids may be fighting along, fighting with each other, but it's never the opposite way. Right. It never goes mm-hmm. upwards. In this case, it kind of goes upwards and side to side and all over the place. 
at the end of the day, you guys break, literally break bread together and stuff like that, which is awesome to see because for me, it's just like, once I'm done with you, I'm guilty of that too, you know, like cut some family members off. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Like not giving them the benefit of the doubt that they can learn one day and yeah. that they can come back and that we can learn from each other still. So right. I, that was really dope to see too. No, and I appreciate that. And, I, and you know, I, the, the reason I did that is because, listen, I do believe, family or not, I do believe that some people in your world don't need to be in your world. I, 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 don't, care if, I don't care if they're blood or not. Yeah. You know, you know, you give enough person enough chances and you just realize that, yeah, hey, some, some, some people have gone off yeah. the deep end or trash their vibration. And I don't care who it is. You know, uh, listen, when it really boils down to it, and this is going to sound horrible, I think that the only person I'm willing to put my life on the line for are my kids, is my immediate family, it's for my lady and my kids. Mm-hmm. I will do whatever it takes to ensure their safety. But beyond that, everybody else, I love them, but I, I love other folks, but I love me just a little bit more. I really mm-hmm. do. As you and should. So, self-care, yeah. that's another level of self-care that people need no, to understand. Absolutely. And so... Uh, what, what I have found is, is that I don't, I, I don't necessarily need to cut people off or begrudge people. But what I have found in my personal experience is that I usually engage people on the level that I am at. So if I'm still having this back and forth with you, or if I'm still in, having these, these toxic engagements with you, mm-hmm. it's because that's where I am, whether mm-hmm. I want to accept it or not. It's one of the things that you always notice with mothers and daughters. Very often, not always, but quite often with mothers and daughters, they get on one another's nerves. And it's because the daughter, you know, it, the, the, what, the, what the daughter does is she actually mimics the mom. She is the immaculate conception of the mom. And so she's mirroring aspects of the mother that the mother isn't even aware of in her own self. Mm. Or it's aspects of the mother that the mother did not want to see. Right. So, I, so one thing I've learned with kids, especially with an autistic child and a daughter, is that if your actions are not Bless you. salute, come on, get real. But if, but if, 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 if the if the lecture or you know the lecture is, and if if your actions aren't congruent with the lecture, you're fooling yourself because no. kids are not they're not doing what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. They're doing what, what they see you show them. Yeah. And so, um, so with, with that being said, I also make sure that I maintain relationships with the people, you know, like, like I'm not, I don't feel obligated to maintain a relationship with anyone, family member or not, who For isn't sure. willing to respect and honor my family. Right. We don't, we, we don't, we don't fuck with that at mm. all on any, on, on any front. In fact, if my, you know, my lady's baby daddy had, you know, was coming off to her off or quitting or whatever, I'd be like, listen, I'm not going to step in between y'all shit yet. But I do want you to make it clear that he is now speaking that way to my woman. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, honestly, do you want me to speak to him or do you want to handle it? But I do believe it needs to be addressed, mm-hmm. at which point we can determine where we go from there. Right. Yeah. And so all of that, all of that to be said is that, yo, it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's not just about you. It's, it's, it's about our cohesive unit. And we're protecting that at all costs. And exactly. if you don't compliment that, I can't. There's no room for you. Yeah, there's no room for you. And it's not. And that's what I was gonna say. Enough. And it's not about. I'm 51 years old, nigga. I'm too old to be carrying beef. <laughs> Facts. Nigga, if, I, 
That's how you know it's real. He's nah, keeping the two yeah, versions. You know, but I'm 51 years old. If I ain't got time to carry beef, any little resentment that I'm harboring is is basically feeding cancer. And that's become apparent at this point. It's taking energy away from you. Yeah. Take, you got energy to give to your kids and your wife. So dude, I get it, man. Yeah. And trying to do all this other shit too. So, um, no, nah, without a doubt, man. And so th- 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 that's been actually a hard lesson for me to learn because I'm such a people pleaser. And because mm. I had a major sense of inadequacy growing up. Um, I don't know if I told you, but my mom, she took off when I was like about to turn yeah. 11. And so her taking off left me with a major sense of inadequacy. And even prior to that, things that, that family dynamics, probably since I was five, six years old. But as a result of that, I made the mistake of surrounding myself with dependent people because in my mind, everybody's, everyone's operating from a series of equ- equations. And I had right. this equation in my head of like, if a person's more dependent, they're less likely to abandon me. If they're less mm. likely to abandon me, I'm less likely to feel the way I felt when my mom bounced, mm. right? And so I didn't know that I was doing it. It was more of a subconscious thing. Right, right. And what I ended up realizing was that I actually ended up, de- I ended up resenting people for their dependency, but I was the one who had chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it was like I needed to breathe life into people in order to feel significant in their lives. And it mm. was a real exercise that I had to start learning in my 30s on how to be in the company of people who wanted me rather than needed me. Very big difference. Mm-hmm. And if you really think about it, weak people impose the most pain on this planet. It's weak people. Nigga, Agreed. all Hitler, all Hitler really needed was some fucking therapy. Yeah, some pum pum. <laughs> right? Some pum pum. Some pum pum. And, and to get accepted to our class. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And maybe he wouldn't have taken the, his life wouldn't have had the trajectory that it had and, and caused yeah. as much damage as it did. And so, uh, Long and short of it is, is that um, I have kind of, uh, uh, kind of lost my train of thought here. But uh, uh, just basically, damn, what was I saying? Sorry, what was the last thing I said about? Uh, you're talking about you didn't learn certain yeah, no, things until no, no, you're no, in your no, 30s. No, no, yeah, in, in my 30s, I actually started realizing that you know, oh, I had to get, I had to condition myself to be comfortable not being the savior in someone's life. People learning, right. learning to be in the company of people who wanted me to be in the company rather than the people who needed me. The hero complex is a motherfucker, man, to those who complex. have it. Like, it's, yes. it's hard to break that, man, because then you yes. have family members that are codependent on you because of that and so, yes. and so on and so forth. That's, man, I've been through it a little bit, but I've seen it, like, play out in life, and it's, it'll kill you, man. And I only got, you know, I'm not your age yet, but, like, I'm, I'm getting it to the point where it's like, I only have so much energy for so many things. Yeah. And then I'll give it to, I'm not going to give it to people who aren't worth, worth it, even if initially they irritate me. Like, and all breakups don't have to be like, man, fuck you. Well, fuck you too. It could be like, all right, well, like, mm-hmm. I wish you well. Yeah, or they could be like, I, I wish you well, but I could still hit, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yo, you with know. that said, we got to wrap. Romani, thank you so much again for yeah, being oh, a man, day one brother. supporter. Look, Tijuana no, Jackson, no, no. <laughs> Purpose you. Over Prison. The shit's fire. I don't, you know me, I don't, people were offering me shit to put on the show i don't support no fuck shit so if i'm supporting it you know the cosign it's that is legit so purpose over prison grab some merch yep. rate it get the word get- out there i'm telling you it's not it's not the typical trope because it was self-funded or it was it was, it was self-produced the conception was your own you didn't have to mm-hmm. answer no studio has nothing like that you did it from start to finish respect, i appreciate man. that i appreciate the gems you've been talking to us about and shedding light really on what America is and how, if you just disconnect for a little bit, when we are able to travel again, Mm -hmm. 
how you can gain different perspective by being in countries that you aren't familiar with. And I think that's very important too. So appreciate it again. On top of that, everybody listen to his shit, his old, his old shit, college <laughs> boys, victim of the ghetto. That's what we're naming the episode. Oh, nice. Very nineties, but yep. that's my, that's my aesthetic. 90, Most of the time. When I'm yeah. Yep. The only thing I left behind in the nineties is the fit and the stonewashed jeans, everything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? The polo, maybe, Oh, I maybe, I mean, I don't wear fat farm like that no more or anything like that, but yeah, everything I, else, I know. it's a nineties throwback. Colors. Oh yeah. I just rock them cross colors, bro. Yo, I had the, <laughs> I had the, when my head could still fit it. Cause I got a big ass head. I had a, uh, the Malcolm X, my mom, shout out to her, my old man. They took me to Cape town. They bought me the Malcolm X snapback hat with the Africa <laughs> pendant. No lie. Wow. They that shit. I was out there repping hard without really knowing like right. now I know, but I was out there repping hard and like all my friends looked at me. It's like, you gonna marry a black girl. This is when I was like 10, 11. They're like, you gonna marry a black girl. Lo and behold, uh, <laughs> <later>. <laughs> look what happened. What were you gonna say, Rob? Uh, no, man. Uh, just go to, if, if you don't know where to watch it, it's on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play. Every uh, platform. Just, just go to TijuanaJackson.com, TijuanaJackson.com, and it'll show you every, where you can see it. Even if you want to see it in a drive through theater, it'll show you where you can do that too. Yes, sir. Yo, Rob, question for you. If we can purchase, um, the prison pack that you have i want to buy one of those but wait can you listen because it you know the does prison it box the <laughs> it doesn't come with the peekaboo but it comes with the 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 toilet paper it comes it, it it's, a, it's a full pack the mask it has everything in it it's got the mask yeah yo hold up hold up it's hilarious I'm, let me see we sent a bunch of them out to celebrities. I'm going to call and see if we have any more. I'm going to text you in a little bit, see if we have any more. We'll get you some. If you I'll have, send you, I'll send I you a want that too, but also I want to I wanna do like a giveaway on here for somebody, for like people who like go online and they buy the movie and they tag you guys in oh, it to yeah. us in it. I want to see if we can get somebody some love and just get them out like a, a the prison pack, man. We'll send it out to them. But if that could happen, that would be dope. I'll send them some. I'll I'll, I'll bundle some sandpaper, toilet paper with it. To go with it the one ply, that right. person shit. No man, we gave them that nice three ply. But also another funny thing is we got another package coming. It's uh, Tijuana Jackson's package. It's 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 the Karen package. Oh, so the Karen know, package. If, if you know someone who's a Karen, you can give them this package, and it's kind of dope because it comes with this thing that you just wear over your eyes, so you can mind your own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is actually really funny. Yo, that's fire, man. Yeah, yeah man. Oh, I'm into that. Um, but, thank uh, you thank, again, man. Yeah, I'll get on that right away. I'll, I'll hit I'll hit. Let me know. Just text me. Let me know if it, if it's, if we could do that because I want to give it away to the people, man, who support the movie and support the film. Thank if you. we can get some of our people to get out there and really support and show some love and spread the good word, man, like I'm happy to do we that. We appreciate you. you, man. No, so listen, really quick. Feel free to just chop out all the dead space and all the rambling. Cut Wasn't that no shit dead the space. fuck out. You know, cut it out and Jesus, it was none. But no, for real. And you know, I'll probably then rip your shit like little clips of it to promote your podcast. So yo, if you want, no. I'll just send you like the entire video, <laughs> whatever you find. Because he said I'm busy. I don't got time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you snippets. I'll send you snippets too. Okay, I'll tell you what. Yeah, oh, yeah because if you yeah, because if if you want to send it to us, what my guy will do is he'll just take little pieces. We would not never pirate your shit. But just take little pieces and use them to say, yo, the, the full full episode, full episode, full episode. But do whatever oh, you feel more most comfortable with. Appreciate the support, man. And then we I also have like the, the, the art the art tiles too, if you want to have that too for social and stuff That's like right, that. Yeah. We'll send that over to you. Yeah, Beal send okay. it over to you. Okay. All right. Cool. So, so I should have those by tomorrow. And like the date that it airs is gonna be on the thirty first, I believe. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. episode two. 
uh, or season two, episode twelve, man. Victim of the ghetto again. Thank you so much, Romani. We appreciate you. We appreciate the love. Take care, man. All right, guys. Sign out. We'll catch you on the next one. Follow me. Follow me.